Welcome to the Between Brothers Podcast. We have zero. Yo. Yep. Twos. <laughs> superstar. Ever superstar. <laughs> we have Lando in the building. This is the Between Brothers Podcast. Tune in wherever you listen to podcasts. Every week. We've been at this for a minute, a couple of years now. And uh, as usual, zero hours a week. Um, it was all right. Um, what's it called? Um, but only one day was really kind of weird because um, <clears throat> I know I was picking up my uh, girls from school, but um, when I go. The uh, there's kids that get dropped off from the um, Renaissance Academy. Um, of course it's, <laughs> of course it's the school with the bad with the badass kids, and one of them was yelling at a chick, and this and this uh, older white dude was yelling from across the street, it's like, "Hey, you better not, I better not hear you talk like that again, or else I'll call the police." Okay. Yeah. Um. I guess he. I guess um. Because he got in a dude got in the girl's face, and it seemed like he was like looking to hit her. And so when so the dude threatened him, and of course, dude didn't take dude didn't take him seriously. So I go on talk, talk, talk. This, that, and the third. It's like, all right, man. But um, yeah, it's like either that. Everything else is everything else has been everything else has been all right. Like uh, nothing really new um, to report besides that. It's like you know the it's like I I don't know what the hell happened because you know I can see them gathered on the sidewalk from far, from afar. But it was like I couldn't make out what the dude was saying, or the what the kid was saying. But the white dude from across the street just started going off. I thought he was gonna walk over across the street and get get, get in the old boy face. But he was like, "I'll I'll yell from across the street." <laughs> He's like, "I see I seen that stuff that happened in Chicago. I'm gonna." I'm gonna stay away from that. I'm not trying to get jumped by a bunch of uh, by a bunch of teenagers. Yeah, but yeah, that was about it. Nothing really new to report. Uh, I don't understand. So you had nothing new to report, but you spoke to our cousin that has. We can Her we can do that. <laughs> going to school with a thirty-three-year-old man. Now, nah, um, I mean that's not really like a topic. Like you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's I, like, so I why so would you skip uh, that? Like, I so I was so I was talking to our uh, cousin. I think it was Thursday, and and um. You know, she 
she asked about the pod, how the podcast was doing and everything. Um, her, her husband wanted to start like a Bible study type of a podcast for himself. So then while we're talking, she asked, was I going to give my what what year or how old would I give? Um, how old would I give my girls the sex talk? And I said, when they when they start going when they uh go into a health class and then they start talking about uh reproductive stuff but i know it's uh i know it's a different time now because you know you know um with pronouns and things of that nature <laughs> and she she asked me because she said the school she used to teach at because she homeschools now the school she used to teach at there were two kids that were still going to the middle school she teach at 16 and 17 oh, years taught <laughs> <laughs> where she taught at uh, you know my brain got scrambled <laughs> so <laughs> where she taught at and it was they were 16 and 17 years old still in the 6th grade and I'm I, I I literally hit her with the yo, I beg your pardon it's like how how are they still allowed to how are they still allowed in this school like even in Baltimore where there was a kid in Baltimore that didn't pass any grades since the second and almost graduated like they kept moving him up like what 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 in the world like it was like it was like maybe like two weeks before graduation where they found out that he had a gpa of how much a mcdonald's happy meal used to be back when they opened mcdonald's <laughs> like, like my man had a point my man had a point four nine GPA and he was about to get he was about to graduate and they said nah you gotta start over it was like where were y'all yo, at yo they hit him with that Billy Madison <laughs> <laughs> no they made him it's like my man gonna <laughs> So, Kazo, uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I had to talk about it. <laughs> nah, like... well, look, 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 look. First of all, that whole, I could have sworn that they made a law about no child left behind. Well, um, maybe that maybe that wasn't a school thing because I was like, I never knew what that meant. No child left behind. Did they just not get held back anymore, or was it just like you're not like we're gonna we're gonna build these kids up? But clearly, Florida missed the assignment. Of that. <laughs> and it's hilarious since, uh, since like... Jeff Bush was the governor or the senator of that state, whatever. Uh, so Bush was was running that state. And still had these kids um, 
running the hall, Roman middle school halls. They over here like, all right, look, here's the plan. We're going to stay <laughs> in the same grade. Or, no, 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 no. Let me rephrase that. Here's the plan. We can keep failing until, we can keep failing the sixth grade until we 16, because technically <laughs> it matches. <laughs> 16 and six, 17 and seven, 18 and eight, it matches. So look, hey, what's like, those are, <laughs> those are <laughs> those are those are fringe all star numbers. <laughs> yo, yo, oh shit, yo. Like, I'm sorry, cause I had to, yo. If you didn't remind me about that shit, like I was really about to just go completely past it. Yo, nah, I can't allow that. When that... yo, when that, when when. Yo, when she told me this, certified predators, man. <laughs> certified predators. You know how committed you have to be to just keep failing school until the kids get a ripe age. <laughs> oh, yo, yo, they are not bananas. <laughs> yeah, they'll be like, yeah, you know, Susie prime for picking. <laughs> oh, she twelve. She proud for picking. Like, what in the world, man? If I ever found out probably, one of our kids is going to school at 15, 16, 17 years old, and they in junior high school, middle school, I'm running up right to the school and be like, yo, something got to give. Exactly. Put them in, put them in an alternative school. Like, bro, matter of fact, if you- Pay for the in, GED program. If you are in sixth grade at 16 years old, your only option should be GED. <laughs> School is not like look, look, look. Like they should have sat School down with his parents. They should have sat down with his parents and been like, parents or parent, most likely parent. Yeah. And been like, look, your son, your son ain't he ain't got what it takes. Like I don't know if he's just stupid or doing this on purpose, but we don't have room for him. Yo, yo, he was supposed to be me. here for three years. He been in for six, he been in for double the time. Like, yo, who yeah. wanna serve who wanna serve double life? Who wants to do that? Yo, yo, it's funny because uh there was a skit from, from uh, this YouTube channel, it's real eighty five, and this guy was this a basketball player was called into the office. He said he was like you're, he's like with your grades you are the second dumbest he said you were the second dumbest person in the school he's like he's like the, he's like um the only person who's dumber than you is the janitor he said yo then i got the wrong person doing my homework he said who you got doing your homework the janitor <laughs> <laughs> yo he said yo and he told his friend yo i got he said, he was like, man, I'm failing every class. He's like, damn, you got all Fs? He said, no, I got all Gs. He's like, what's that mean? He said, that mean, goddamn, I'm stupid. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. That is funny. That is funny. So, these are the conversations that we have on a day by day basis. Uh, uh, my week went pretty good though. Um, we uh, went to go see Big Bro, Big Mike, 
um, uh, saw him last weekend, this weekend, last Saturday and this Saturday. Um, we just started, we were talking about the Tank Davis fight because he didn't get to see it. And then um, we were just, you know, talking and then we started talking about football and he started breaking down like the offensive lineman assignments and stuff. You know, one of the most intellectual football conversations I've ever had in my life. And I'm like, yeah, there's, there's no way. I understand why people fail in the league. Because all the stuff you got to break down within a split second mm-hmm. is is unbelievable, man. Like, I get it. I get when people, especially quarterbacks, they can't catch up. Um, so. They got to read everything. You got to remember, like, hey, depending on the coach, you got to remember, like, three plays going into the huddle. And if there's a certain look, you got to switch to that freaking play. <laughs> <laughs> pre-snap reads after the post-snap yeah, reads and, then, and <laughs> even then like the even the offensive linemen have to pick up on those too so like yeah. I always thought it was a center that, that it, it was a center job and all that but all the offensive linemen communicate with each other um the, what they're seeing on their side of the line as well so so there's a lot of um there's a lot of stuff uh, going into that um but uh but um you know we we like I said we had we had a great you know great deep football conversation and um you know he's doing well he had a a, a stroke uh, about a month ago um, he's doing well still has some issues um but he's you know maintaining and getting healthy and we're still praying for him uh, to get better um to get better get healthy uh, get back to get back to the to the old big mic and um and uh lollipop we took her she got an mri she got an mri um and so i was like i don't even understand speaking about stupid people in school mm-hmm. all right so i take i take lollipop from the mri no well she we got an mri result so they said nothing. Nothing was no no damage or anything like that. Um, they they want to get her started on physical therapy. So take her back to school because um, the appointment was like eleven or something like that. So she still had like five or six hours to go. So take her to the school. I ring the little doorbell thing. Lady's like, "Hey, can I help you?" Lollipop is standing in front of me. So I'm like. I'm with a kid. What do you what what do you how what do you mean how can I help you? Like it's not just me being there. It's me with the kid during school hours. What do you think I'm here for? <laughs> so I go in and she was like, so a cop lets me into the building. So um so then so then we, so I, we walk up to the desk and she's like, hey, um, how could, you know, um, are you, are you picking her up or dropping her off? I, w- wait. <sighs> but she- I was like, is this like one of those things like, you know, like, um, you ever call like a customer service person rep and you kind of know they're new because they just, 
where you ask them something and it's off script, they got to put you on hold for 45 minutes. Yeah. And, and to find out what to say and then come back. It was like, is she just like reading off the script or something like that? And so I was like, I looked at her and Lollipop instantly looks at me with this grin on her face because I don't have a poker face. Like if I'm annoyed, you instantly could tell. So I'm like, and then she's like, and so Lollipop answers, she's like, oh, I'm getting dropped off. I'm like, my, my child is so mature because I was ready to go off on this lady already. <laughs> so, she's asked me two questions, two stupid questions, too many. And I've been here for 13 seconds. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, 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 so then she's like, I said, so I said, I handed a doctor's note, said, hey, she just came from a doctor's uh, And she goes, oh, so are you dropping her off today? So then another person comes out and she's like, oh, um, you got to sign her in on the tablet. So I'm putting her name in. So, so, uh, so she, she goes, oh, so what's your, what's your last name? So I was like, Thomas. She goes, okay, what's your, what's your student's first name? I'm like, what's my student? I don't have any students. I'm not a damn teacher. It's my kid, my child. So now I'm, I'm now I guess that's like what they ask. But I'm mm -hmm. just, I'm already annoyed at the three stupid questions consecutively I've had to deal with in 26 seconds at this point. So then she goes, then she's like, okay. Um, so she goes, so Lollipop goes, Aliana. So she goes, can you spell that for me? She spells her name. She goes, and so the, the lady goes, A-L-I-A. Oh my goodness. And so Lollipop spells her name again. She goes A-L-I-A-N-O. And then, so Aliyah, she looks right at me. For those who don't know, my daughter's name is Aliyah. She looks at me. Now Lollipop is looking at me. Like what, like she's looking at me like, what's going on? I'm looking at her like, <laughs> we have a full, no words being exchanged, just eye contact words. Like we just seeing what each other is thinking. I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I've been wondering that since I've rang the damn doorbell. And then she's like, so I said, A-L-I-A-N-N-A. And she goes, can you slow down for me? I said, ma'am, it's on the doctor's note that I handed you. <laughs> it's not rocket science. And so she goes, oh, okay. Like, like kind of like, like, you know, chill out, kind of like, okay, like relax. Like, no, I'm not gonna relax because you 44 years old and don't know nothing. Oh, oh, Dortish self. So I'm like, oh, you are these grown women mad Dortish out here. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, so 
so then one of the people come out I guess they hear me getting upset so one of the people come out of the office and they start talking about oh you know what happened to your leg this and the other which I don't like I don't know why they asking me why they asking her that because she's been limping around the damn school for a week and a half now so so then um so then she goes so then she so then she was like okay so are you he this is the last stupid question and i was like i have to leave she goes so what's your reason for being tardy today yeah this guy this got to be a fever dream like, like it has to be a fever dream right now i said lollipop i will see you later because i'm this close <laughs> it's like, no you had to say to what i'm just this close <laughs> like, no explanations <laughs> i'm this close and then turn I around and walk away have the patience <laughs> and you know i actually took the day off which I didn't, which if we, if I would have known we would have got home as quickly as we did, I wouldn't have. But I'm like, yo, you gotta be kidding me. You read a doctor's note. I told you three times she's coming here from the doctor. Why are you? And then the lady was like, oh, you know, we'll take care of it from here. And I was like, thank you. And I left. And I was like, oh my God, I've never. I've never encountered so much stupidity at a front desk in a school in my life. I'm like, is she like one? Does, is she like that 51st dates guy? Like that he forgets something every 13 seconds? Like what's going on here? I'm like, yo, and you know, she was an older black lady. And I'm, and like I said, she wasn't like older, like in her 60s or something. She looked like she was in her maybe mid 40s, maybe late 40s you know, a little heavier set or whatever. I'm like, yo, for now, I'm not eating pork no more because that's what happens to people who eat too much pork and chitlins. They, their whole brain gets, they, they have literal brain farts every 12 seconds. But anyways, so that was a good, bad, that was a good, bad and ugly in my week. Oh my goodness. Um, like, it's gotta be a fever dream. Cause there's no way you could be nah, that dumb. Nah, man. Like I wish, I wish I was making this up. I wish I was making this up, yo. I was like, I, I just, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I don't know what I'm experiencing right now. <laughs> but, um, but uh, let's get down to it, man. Um, so. You you know, there's been two people that I've been um in the black community that I've been highly, highly, highly um critical of. One of them is Kanye West. Y'all know how I feel about him. The other one's Antonio Brown. So there's a report that Antonio Brown for a was it a semi-pro or arena team? Arena. That he owns that he hasn't been paying them and 
he locked them out of their hotel rooms, which I don't know what kind of clout he has to shut down a whole hotel key situation. But he got it. And I'm starting like that. And this ain't really, this ain't nothing we got to get too deep into. But I'm going to say, I said it about Kanye. And I'm going to say, I'm going to say this about Antonio Brown. I told y'all about AB. All y'all that was on Facebook, on my Instagram, hitting me up about my commentary about that man, posting about him, defending him. Like, I told y'all. I told y'all. Like, he's really not a good person. And I'm not saying like he's an evil person, like he doesn't do good things. Like he's, you know, uh, 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 Joseph Stalin or something like that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying he's not a good person because everything that he gets involved in is hurting people that we see in the media. Like, why can't you do any good for people? You're not paying your team and the coaches. You just out here doing, again, whatever the heck you want to do. Like you've always done since we've known you, since we've been calling you AB. When you were Antonio Brown, when you was just Antonio Brown, we liked you. We respected you. You was just playing football and doing your thing. As soon as people started calling you AB, all hell, all, you literally started acting like the original AB, Adrian Broner. About billions. Oh, you know, AB, always bacon. <laughs> what? Always <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 bacon. Another bastard. <laughs> Another bastard. Like, like. I don't I, I have nothing else to say that's going to drive the point home about Antonio Brown. And I and I actually semi-defended Antonio Brown when people were trying to say this is a CTE problem. And I'm like, I don't think I, I, I'm not buying the CTE problem thing. Never have. I just think he's a a, 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 a crappy human being. And um and I was like, you know, when he did what he did on, um, in that Jets game, I'm like, we're acting like we've never seen somebody go off on somebody and walk out on their job. Like it's happened yeah. at many jobs. We see the crap on, on, on social media fairly regularly. So this ain't nothing, now don't get me wrong. You know, people are like, oh, these are 
you know, he gave up millions of dollars. And it's like, well, he's also somebody who said that he didn't need to play football anymore because he made so much money. So if he feels that way, him giving up a couple million dollars ain't a thing for him. But um, that's all, that is all I'm going to say about the situation is I told y'all. I told y'all Mickey Figgies about Antonio Brown. It ain't about <laughs> it ain't about calling like supporting black and all this other stuff. You gotta call a spade a spade. And speaking of spades, he's the big joker. Yep. What you gotta say about that zero? Yo. If this ain't a Bahasin at his finest, like that, but I don't know. I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I was already questionable about his uh, about his ownership skills when he was getting when uh, they were trying to kick him off the field. Then I saw the boots he was wearing with his suit. And I was like, yo, he ate all the way up there. My what? man was one, yo, what boots. Yo, my man looked like he had on some grudge boots. <laughs> Wait, hold on. When, I never seen this. When did this happen? Yeah, it, I think it was the first game. I think it was going to be the first game of the season. He was on the field, I think, um, greeting fans and stuff. And uh, I think one of the security guards was telling him he had to get off the field. It was like, yo, that my man has some grudge boots on. It's like, you ain't fitting, dog. Not even that minute. You ain't fit. <laughs> yeah, it's like I should like even security don't think that you uh, <laughs> even security think you you no good and you own the team. Oh, you know, A B astonishing boots. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Adrian Brown. <laughs> Uh. Anyways, yeah. Continue your thought. Yeah, I. Like, like my thing is, with everything not not with everything that was going on with him after he left that field. Why would you trust him with anything? In my in my opinion, why would like? How do you know, like, this just shows the erratic behavior. Like, do you really want, should I even say this? Do you really want to have an owner with that, that has erratic behavior like him? Because, But I know you could turn to somebody like Jim Ursay where he just tweets out whatever he feels like. Yeah. But Jim Irsay ain't locking his players out of no fucking hotel rooms. He's paying he's, his people. Hey, he's damn sure paying. It's like, look, if you ain't have, if you ain't have the funds, well, no, he had to have the funds and the funds to be able to pay for a whole bunch of hotel rooms and be like, you know what, give me all the keys. <laughs> <laughs> Cause, cause how, like he's, how do you lock players out of hotel rooms without I, collecting I, the keys? I think that part was made up. It has to be. 
It has to be. You know what? In this in this day and age, I <laughs> yo, this dude is next level hacker stuff, man. Like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna shut down all their keys and they over here. Yeah, nothing's happening. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised because when I saw that uh once when I saw that uh one interview where a dude said he, he wanted to know how to scam how the Africans scam because one dude <laughs> one dude paid for his gas with a hotel key. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you shut him down. He's like, oh, okay. gas is bus up. Oh man. That's hilarious. Oh man, that is so funny. Um, but, uh, moving right along. I got something important to talk about. All right. Now we was waxing uh, probably a little too deep last week on relationships and stuff like that. But um, but sometimes I get so upset when certain things come up right after we record the podcast. So a young lady named Ebony K. Williams did an interview with Iyanla. Uh, I don't remember her last name. I apologize, Iyanla. But everybody who knows who Iyanla is knows who she is. Um, and she's talking about men being the provide. Ebony K. Williams talking about men being the providers of things, A, B, C, D, whatever. And I was like, you know what? And actually, let me finish. Up. Let me finish building the story up before I get into what I want to say. So I said, so Iyanla says, ask her if she would date a bus driver. Everybody K. Williams says if you if he drove the bus or not if he owned the bus. Um, and Yanla says some very nice sentimental stuff saying, hey, I'd, I'd uh, date a bus driver if he was good to me, loved his mother, um, loved driving the bus, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of good character, a lot of good character um, qualities. And she was saying, she mentioned that women have gotten things twisted when it comes to how much money men earn. Now, Ebony K. Williams, um, very attractive woman, very pretty woman, um, very intelligent woman, um, who has um, who has had a very successful career as an attorney and a writer and now a TV personality. And um, it's one of those things where she was, you know, she gets she gets on the Breakfast Club, starts to kind of walk it back. DJ Envy is kind of going back and forth with her because he was like, he, she crapped on most of the American citizens by saying like the average person isn't capable of doing X, Y, Z. Um, when it came to providing the average male or whatever. And then she walks it back a little bit. And then, but then she kind of doubles down on it. Later, saying like, hey, you know, I want black men to live up to their fullest potential. 
and you know with the bus driver thing like he could be a bus driver that start out being a bus driver and then grow and grow and grow and ultimately own his um his a uh, bus business or something like that and you know she was saying that black people are have settled for mediocrity for too long which she had a point there but and she's like you know why is it expected for black people to stop at a certain level the problem is and she and then she also mentioned like if you were seeing D student, like if my son's bringing home C's and D's, like you know, pretty much that he was he wasn't much of a he wasn't living up to his fullest potential. And I'm, it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, what what's happening now? And I think that's where Yana was coming from, where it's like, okay, you do. I just need people to understand the math, how this breaks down. Um, the average, the average American earner in the African American community makes like, I want to say it was like 30, 34, $35,000. It's not a lot of money. Um, but there's some people who wish they made $30,000, $35,000. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to act like it's not a lot of money to somebody. And if it were just, if it were me, I couldn't live off of that. But um, but there are people who can make it work. Uh, and, you know, the black people are the lowest income earners in the country. And I don't know why that is. Honestly, don't know. I, we can say all the racial stuff that, that can be involved in that, but it could also be that, that black people have settled over the years um and uh and the issue that i have with what she was saying was um how can i put this she she's having a conversation and saying this guy isn't qualified to be with to be a provider or whatever because he's a bus driver now, I don't know what bus drivers make, but they, I do know that a lot of bus drivers that I, when I used to take the bus, was providing for their family. You know, working long hours, things of that nature, driving these bus routes, all that stuff. Um, and I think, I think there's one, there's there's an expectation that everybody has mathematically. And it's like, okay, he has to be a six-figure earner. Or like, oh, you, you need, if you want to be with me, you got to make six figures. Well, that's the top 15, you're a top 15% earner in the US if you make six figures. Um, and if you're Ebony Williams, I don't know how much money she makes, but if she's on TV and stuff, I'm assuming she makes at least seven figures. So if you're in a seven-figure bracket, you're in the you're in the top one percent of earners, and a lot of people don't really understand like how that translates because because like they see like all right, everybody in the NBA or the NFL is a millionaire, so they think like it's one they think it's easy to get millions of dollars. No, it's not. Is not. It's 
kind of easy to make a million dollars. Now, I've heard people say, especially entrepreneurs say, the hardest thing about make, getting to a million dollars was getting to 100,000. Like once you got to 100,000, it didn't take, it, it felt, it seemed like it took less effort to get to the million. But that's if you're an entrepreneur. Um, and a successful entrepreneur that can get to that level. There's a lot of entrepreneurs that don't make that much money. So I, I'm just I'm just baffled that it's like oh well, a bus driver who makes 40, 50, 60 grand a year isn't good enough for me because of how much money he makes. But even if he has all these other qualities, these positive qualities, versus a millionaire. And he has to have all these positive qualities and be the millionaire. And it reminds me of um, what you were talking about to me the other day when I was at the gym, where it was like, you know, looking for that that next floor, next floor, next floor, next floor for women. And they're looking for this perfect person. And then they ultimately get to a floor and it doesn't exist. This person doesn't exist. And I'm like, lady, I don't, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to sound too harsh about this, because like she's a very beautiful woman, but you're 40 with nobody, and this goes back to what I was talking about last week. If you are the earner, like she is, you don't necessarily need another earner, And we're seeing it so often in the black community because I 100% I'm telling you, I've seen so many people in other communities, in the in, in the white community, specifically the white community, Asian community, that are the highest earning communities in America. And I'm not, and when I say Asian, I'm kind of encompassing Asia. So China, Indian. I've seen a lot of them where the wife was the earner and the husband either stayed at home or made less money and they didn't have an issue with it. I'm seeing this so much in the black community and everybody wants, you know, the finished product, but then everybody talking about they want to build an empire. Well, how, how are you building an empire by hopping onto the empire, by jumping on the bandwagon? That just doesn't make sense to me. You know what I'm saying? Y'all be sitting there looking at Savannah James, forgetting that Savannah James was messing with LeBron when they were teenagers. And though LeBron was a was a protege, there was no guarantee LeBron was gonna be what he is. Savannah stuff, and you know, whatever, I'm sure they've had challenges in their marriage. And I'm just like, I'm, and then also to end, or at least I'm gonna get you to cut in, to end on this, when she mentioned the student and the C's and D's and things of that nature. Now, I, I, my, my daughter, excellent student, remarkable student. She can do everything. She can do everything. She's very much very similar to her father. My son, on the other hand, his brain isn't wired the same. So we picked up on something this year, 
And I was like, look, on these subjects, you're going to have to try a little hard. Because it ain't really necessarily about A's and B's and C's and D's. It's about your effort. And we noticed that things, subjects where he was more hands-on, he did excellent at. Subjects that required a lot of memorization wasn't so great. He's not so great at. So history, English, not so great at. Math, um, depending on the sciences, but math, science, some the workshop stuff and all that, like he was in electronics this year, that stuff, A's. Japanese A's. And you know, saying it was just a, um, and it's just one of those things where it's like, yo, some kids just actually have difficulty learning things. So to say that somebody just because they made C's and B's isn't living up to their fullest potential, when there's some people who dropped out of school and didn't do well in school that are, are, are doing very well in life, financially anyways, and it's just like, who? why is that your gauge of success? Everybody's level of success is different Everybody's gauge of success is different. Everybody's gauge of their potential is different. Who assigned you the person to be the judge of that? And I said, this ain't, don't get me wrong. I get on my son for bringing home bad grades. I get on him and, and we work together so he can improve. But you over here, saying, oh, well, you're not living to your fullest potential. And it's like, well, some, even if they're not living up to their fullest potential, sometimes somebody got, else got to bring it out. Sometimes these kids and these men and these women don't know what they're capable of. And also, even if they are capable of it, that doesn't mean that's what God called them to do. What if that bus driver one it is a bus driver so he can get off at five or at four o'clock every day so he can coach little league um little league sports and he can be a mentor to young young black boys and you over here talking shit about him because he's a bus driver he don't own his own bus fleet. we gotta stop this shit yo especially in the black community now it's happening all across the spectrum but i'm just saying like we gotta actually start uniting black black men, black men and black women have the high have, have high divorce rates, and it's because of this deranged thing. And it's like, oh well, there were men were providers back in the day, and it's like, yeah, because houses cost a, a, a tenth of the price, and they were making you know, and they were making a certain amount of money, and also. Just because they were providers, that doesn't mean that there weren't struggles. We had my mentor, John Epting, up in here. He said his mom worked and his father worked and his father, you know, made pretty decent money, but he worked a ton of hours and they also had nine kids. Yeah, his father was out there grinding and providing for them. But he, he wasn't as wealthy as John is. So it's like, what does a provider look like? Does it look like somebody who pays all the bills? Or do you need him to pay all the bills, do all these um, things to make you look good, as well as take you on luxury vacations? Is that what a provider is now? 
Has that changed over the years? Has that expectation changed over the years? Because you we're hearing women saying a dude need to make five hundred thousand dollars a year just to date her, and she ain't got two nickels to rub together like my mother used to say. But what do you say? What do you say about? I know I said a lot, but what do you say about the whole encompassing um, scenario? Well, what she said. Yeah. It's it just seems like um it it almost seems to me like you know like you said she's a she's a pretty high earner and he has and it's like um you'll date a bus driver if he owns the bus so it just seemed like you know it almost seems as if uh what she's trying to say is if you own the bus you're providing for us and my money is mine I don't know if that's the way she was going with it because like you said why do you need another high earner because it almost seems as if it's like what's mine is yours and what uh, what's yeah what's mine is yours and what's mine is mine and it and it's the but it's the high ex it's the um it's what how do i even say that? it's 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 just the land it just seems like it's the landscape of today where the um you said like um they want more how women want more traditional men that they still want them to be providers still want them to be protectors but I'm earning, but um, I'm still going to be independent and earn my own money. It's like you gotta, you gotta take on the role. You gotta take on the role as the man, of course. What man doesn't want to take on that role? But it's like when they, when folks also want to turn around and say, "Well, it's 2023. It's not the same thing as in 1960." It's like you gotta understand. Um roles can yeah the roles can change if you're the high if you're the breadwinner it's like you know and if if what if the dude that you want to own the bus only has like what Yanla said in the thing like he has a passion for wanting to do it it's something that he loves to do it's like why does he have to why does he have to own it yeah yeah and, and that's like the, the, the thing that's it's like, all right, why, why is it that this is the expectation for somebody who's a provider and a protector or whatever? And it's just like, I don't understand why is this, like, like I said, we're seeing this so often where it's this, this constant battle of, of, okay, this is how it needs to be. But I'm still going to do how I do. I'm going to still do yeah. what I do. But this is what it needs to be for you. And it's just like, no, well, back in the day, you know, the women women weren't working. So, you know what I'm saying? So, like, that dynamic has changed drastically. Women are, you know, especially in the Black community, there's too many... There's too, she, and she had mentioned this. I'm going to give her props for this because she's 100% correct. There's too many Black men going to jail instead of going to college. 
and there's many black there's like black women I think are going to or graduating college like at a two to one rate to, to compared to the men. It might be even higher now. So it's just like she had a point there. But if that's the case, you know, say like I said, it, him being a bus driver does not make him any less of a man because he doesn't own a bus company. That's that's just what it is. You're, if you want him to make a hundred thousand, or in her case, maybe millions, like you, your options are slim. And you want to know what? In all honesty, I know a few millionaires. I'm not gonna act like I know a bunch of them, but I know a few. You know what they all have in common? What? They were all married young before they had money. All of them, 100% of them. Now, like I said, if you're a pro athlete, big bro was a pro athlete, but he actually got married fairly early in, in his career with his first wife. And she was, she, she, she practically used him. And so it's just like, but, but he got divorced and he's been with his, his second wife for like, 13, 14 years or something like that. But all of them got married to their wives at, before they came into all the money that they came into. And their wives supported them in many ways, either being in business with them, helping them with the business or helping them do ABCD. Shoot, Eric Thomas making millions of dollars, his wife, strong black woman, strong willed black woman, and he said it several times on his podcast and things of that nature. His wife was his wife had good credit. Their first house was in her name. He was working at Olive Garden while she was a registered nurse. Like now he buying her Rolls Royces and Birkin bags. So it's just like, you know, it's kind of like when they, that what's, what's the thing that everybody always says? Like, man, you wasn't, you wasn't with me when I was shooting in the gym. Yeah. And there's like these 20 year old girls, 21 year old girls, and even some of these women, Ebony K. Williams, she, she's not 40 yet, but she's about to be 40. Like, you wasn't with me when I was shooting in the gym, but you want all these benefits though. Like, okay, I'm a high earner, but what do I need you for? Again, this is my table. Not matter of fact, the person who's a high earner. Not only did he got, get the table, build the table, he also built the foundation to the house. He built the house, and the house is really damn big. The man by himself living in a castle. What does he need you for? But guess what? If you would, if you would have started with him when he was twenty. 22, 25, fresh out of college, and he had a dream. Money changes people, don't get me wrong. I ain't gonna say it, like he gonna be the most faithful guy or whatever. I don't know, I don't know. But what I do know is a lot of the, 100% of the people I know who got money, who's making millions of dollars or who's net worth at least over a million dollars, they all are have been married, been married for a long time, and got married young. 
30, early 30s or younger, they all got married. And they all got outside of Big Bro because he played in the NFL. Every single one of them got married, started a business, or was in the midst of building their business when they met their wives. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like, why are we so caught up on... You know, Zero had taught me this. He was saying, like, this is years ago. I don't even know if he remembers this conversation. But he was talking about drafting quarterbacks. And he was talking about pro-ready quarterbacks and then, you know, just the guys who were wildly athletic and talented. And he had a theory that those, the guys who were wildly athletic and talented are are better than the so-called pro-ready quarterbacks. Of course, you have your certain guys who fit the description and still do well that are pro-ready. But he was like, he understands when people draft off of the potential versus um, versus the pro-ready guy. Because the pro-ready guy tends to have a ceiling that he's not going to get much better than what you saw in college. So similar to the millionaire um, husband or the millionaire man, now could he make more money 100% um, if he's driven, if he's driven and driven hard or whatever? But um, there might be a cap on the market that he's in or anything like that. So it's like, okay, this is this is probably the best he's gonna be. Or you can get with a guy like Eric Thomas who was homeless and high school dropout and things of that nature. And because he had so much passion to execute, and he learned how to execute and then became an executor. You went from living in a one bedroom apartment, barely barely being able to afford anything to living the life of your dreams. And it's like, which, if you, as a woman, which one are you gonna draft? And it's like, okay, yeah, well I can draft a um, uh, Matt Liner. That's the best he's gonna be. And it's really not that good. Yeah, he got money, but there ain't nothing else good about him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you, yeah, you, I got, man, especially a Matt Liner, you got drafted to a team with two elite wide receivers, three, three top receivers. You couldn't do anything. This millionaire, he might got money, but he don't know how to connect with people. He don't know how to give you the love that you need. He, he more focused on work than focused on you. But if that's the person you're going to choose, that's the understanding. That's should, You should go in with the understanding of that's that might be what it is that you're getting into and as well. And if you don't, stop asking for it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the great American philosopher William, uh, Freeway once said, Nigga, you get what you ask for, bullets or bars. If the nigga from a hood, then a nigga a star. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, yo, know, like you, you got what you asked for and then you hated it. But then, and you know, I was talking to the Duchess the other day. I'm going to end this. I'm going to end this um, conversation. We'll get to the perfect defensive end. Um, I was talking to the Duchess the other day and I was like, you know what? Like when you have, there's a lot of people who break up with their spouses or whatever. 
um, or their significant others, their boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever. And there's one thing that you always know when the person was what the great American philosopher Colin Cowherd said, who's trying to be happier than happy. And again, I, I ain't wanna get too much on Ebony K. Williams because it seemed like um, DJ Envy pretty much said everything that could be said about that. So anybody who wants to know the whole story, just get into that. Um, you know, I don't agree with her at all in, in, in the slightest. Um, and her reasoning behind it was even more, um, it was just doubling down on stupidity rather than, um, rather than understanding, rather than coming to an understanding that maybe you were wrong. Maybe you didn't say that the right way. And she was like, you know, she's not here to protect feelings. No one asked you to protect feelings. What you said was stupid. And and um, I shouldn't say stupid, misguided. What you said was misguided. But anyways. And I was like, you know, I said, you always, I said, you want to know when I know that that person is trying to chase that happier than happy they break they're the ones who break up with their girl or their guy and you want to know who they you want to know what they look for in the next person everything that their ex was but a little better hence the husband store analogy well that person didn't pick anybody that person was just in a store no, I know they're in a store, but that was, but that's, it, it feels like it still falls into the happier than happy situation yeah, because no, that, like, I'll be happy with this person. Yeah. No, yeah, yes, yes. That is the case that that example is given. But I'm talking about you're actually with the person who makes you happy, but you're looking for the one thing. You didn't even pick the person in the in the husband store situation, but you're with the, you're actually with this person. You love them, and you've exchanged gifts and secrets and stories and made love and all kinds of stuff. And you're like, I'm I'm not happy with him. I'm not happy with her. Like, what the fuck are you talking about happiness for? So you got the blues for two months and you think you need to break up with this person? And you're like, man, you know what? I can find better. Yes, you can. What's better? Man, man, if uh, if Carla, if, if, if my my next girl gotta be just like Carla, but she gotta, got, she gotta have double Ds. I wasn't really feeling them B cups. Nigga, what? <laughs> If it's that simple, just get her some implants or convince her to get some implants and keep it pushing. Man, you know what? My 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 man, David, man, he 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 was, I mean, he was right. I mean, he was everything, but he was only making 70 grand. I I, I need a nigga to make a hundred. Well, why, why didn't you help him get to the hundred? You do know that Eve was a helpmate. You know, you do understand that Eve 
if you're a biblical person, you do understand that Eve wasn't just sitting around waiting for him to break stuff off. You do understand that the one story they talk about, Ruth and Boaz, you do understand that Ruth was working when she found, when Boaz found her. You do understand that, right? You do understand that she wasn't just sitting down and spreading her leg to every Tom, Dick, and Harry until she found the right one. You do understand that, right? On the guy side, you do understand that they say that your wife is a crown. She's not even. She's not even what we say she is. Oh, the man's the head, the wife is the neck, because and the wife is beneath the man. No, she's a crown. She's what you get to show off. The Bible also says, "He who finds a wife finds a good thing." You do understand when you found a good thing that means to make her your wife. Y'all understand that, right? You over here chasing this thing called perfection that don't exist. We gotta stop it. At this point, we really do gotta stop it. Man, if this is just a plea, discover yourself first. Find out who you are before you start telling people what they need to be. It's really that simple. Find out who you are before you need to tell, before you tell people what they need to be. Miss Williams know who she is, at least it seems so. She's a very successful woman, very beautiful woman. And she's she wants love, she's looking for love, and she's lacking in that department. That means you're missing something, Miss Williams. So everything you said is a moot point because you you're you're over here complaining about what men hate and don't realize what you ain't. Anyways, zero. What you got for me? I ain't got anything else. All right, man. Well, let's get to these. Uh, get to this uh, perfect, 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 perfect edge rusher. I mean, the category is going to be the same. Power, pass rush ability, run stop ability, size, speed, and big play ability. So, zero. Mm -hmm. Perfect defensive end. Edge rusher. Who you got? for your power power um i got michael strahan michael strahan that's um you know i never i don't know why i never really thought i'm, I'm he's offensive of course he's strong and he was on the left side of the line or the strong side so he had to be powerful 
because he was a run he was a run stopper as well as a pass rusher. But for some reason, I just never thought of him in that manner. Don't know why. But now, I would have picked um what's his name Reggie White for that, but I didn't really get to see much of Reggie. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, for me, um. I'm I'm going with uh, JJ Watt. The only reason why I'm going with him is because he played three four defensive end, and the the ability to kind of take up those multiple blockers in that in that scenario and still get be as productive as he was. Um, I just you know he he had to be a powerful guy. So there was a defensive end, and maybe you can help me with him. Played for the the uh, Patriots. Richard Seymour. That's who. I, that's who. I, that was the other guy that came to mind. I couldn't think of his name when I was coming up with it, so I was like, "I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna go with a uh, JJ Watt um, for that." But Richard Seymour is another guy that I. Uh, matter of fact, no, I'm gonna change it. Let's go with Richard Seymour. I'm gonna go with Richard Seymour because he dominated for multiple teams. Um, that def- that anchor defensive end position. So let's go with Richard Seymour. Um, all right, pass rush abilities. Who you got? I'm thinking. Uh, I was going with. Uh, White Freeney. Yeah, um, he's my favorite player all time. And I know I'm not saying defensive end. I'm not saying he's my favorite player. Period. Uh, Darrell Reeves is number two. Um, but yes, Dwight Freeney. Not, but he's not my pass rush guy. My pass rush guy actually is. Reggie White um, to get 21 sacks in 12 games I can't think of anybody who could be considered a better pass rusher <laughs> so I'm going with Reggie yeah, White ain't lying about that. yeah I haven't seen much of him like playing live I've seen highlights and that dude it's like that dude is taking out offensive linemen with just one arm yeah yeah that's why he makes sense for power as well, but I decided to just put him at the um for pass rush for mine. Um, okay. Run stop ability. Who you got? Hmm. I was thinking I was gonna go with Reggie on that one, but I think I'm gonna go with uh um I think I'm gonna go with JJ on that one. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, for run stopping, uh, Michael Strahan was the first name that came to my mind, but I'm not going with him because even though he was famous, I didn't see it and he was on a famous scene. I didn't really see him play as often as I would like to admit being a New Yorker 
but because I was a Jets fan, Sean Ellis is the guy that I'm going with. Um, he used to clog up holes and just dominate guys um, up front and get stops. I'm being a homer with that pick. Michael Strahan probably is the better pick, but I just, is something about Sean Ellis, man. And, and not only that, Sean Ellis did it in both 4-3 and 3-4 um, defenses. So that's why I'm going with him. All right, size. Size, who you got? I think that's where I'll go with uh, Richard Seymour. How big was he? I think he was like... Uh... Six six. Uh, let me go check. Yeah, I want to say he was about six five, three ten, three hundred maybe. Um, he was a big boy. I know that. I know that. Now, here was the issue for me with that one. While you looked that up, there were two people that came to mind. Number one was Jared Allen. Tall, long, physical, excellent defensive end in his time, especially his years with the Vikings. And I'm like, I think he was like 6'7". So I'm like, maybe I should go with him. But then I was like, size, I want to go with the guy who I thought had the perfect defensive end body. And that was Julius Peppers. Julius Peppers, for me, had the perfect defensive end body. And this is supposed to be edge rushers. Lawrence Taylor should be on this list, but he's, I'm actually going to put, he's hes not going to be, he's not on mine. Um, just because I mainly, even though he was an edge rusher, he played excellent linebacker as well. So he's going to be on my linebacker list, but um I, I'm going with Calais Campbell. Calais Campbell's a 6'8", 307. Gotcha. Seymour gotcha. um, over 6'6", 317. Gotcha. That's what, okay. So, yes, I, I thought he was 6'5", 310, 310, 310, but going with J-Pep for my guy. Um, and speed... Speed is Dwight Freeman, fastest defensive end I've ever seen in my life. Fastest defensive end I've ever seen in my life. And he was, uh, wasn't, you know, he wasn't the biggest guy, so you, you know, you didn't want to put him besides. Um, that spin move, his spin move is, I've seen so many guys use spin moves in football. And no one has been as effective as Dwight Freeney with the spin move. And when I was talking to Big Bro the other day, he was telling me why Dwight Freeney's spin move was so good. And he was like, because he was so fast. He was like, so because he was, he was like, all your defensive linemen are fast in the offensive. He said, so what you got to do is you got to, you know, you got Dwight Freeney on you. You got to beat him to the spot. And he was like, that dude's first step he was in you in a blink of an eye. He's like, he had never seen, never seen somebody so fast. I've also never seen somebody so fast. 
So Dwight Freeney is my guy. Who you got for speed? Yo, that was a hard one because that's why I had him as my um, pass rush. That's why I have had him as my pass rush guy. I might just bite the bullet and just go with uh, Elvis Doomerville. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, big playability. This is going to probably shock some people because it's actually not going to be somebody from me. It's not going to be somebody from now or the recent memory. It's actually going to be for somebody from times where I didn't, I wasn't even thought of and my parents were barely alive when he played. Deacon Jones. Yo, why? Why? Deacon Jones. The fact that the stories that, you know, he was so dominant, you know, he was pretty much, the, well, they, they, they created sacks to keep up with him. <laughs> you know, like sacks were in a stat until he was so dominant at doing it. They said they needed to keep track of And they said, also that, said, that was my guy too. Oh, really? I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm actually surprised. I thought you would have picked somebody from today. No. Nah. I thought you would have picked somebody from today. And also the fact that they were like, if sacks counted, he actually recorded 17 sacks in a game. Yeah, that was freaking ridiculous. That's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. I'm like, what was that offensive lineman doing? <laughs> what was that quarterback doing? Just hand the ball off. Don't even take that punishment. Yeah. You got to start questioning yourself on that one. I'm actually surprised that we actually had the same guy for big play. I, I would have thought that you would have picked somebody from much more recent times. Not because, um, because like, you know, I'm just, just the stories just make me, yes, the stories watching the film is like, you know, it, like, it's astonishing to me honestly how he was so dominant and the record books don't even reflect how dominant of a player he really was because um, of how they wanted to calculate stuff um, how they when they decided to calculate a stat that's been going on for since the beginning of the NFL or pro football inception you want to know something I, I always find curious is those guys who they don't have the stats because the things that were recorded that that weren't recorded as stats at the time. I've always been, and this this bothers me the most with the NBA because I'm like, even if every game wasn't televised, whatever game that you have film on, just go back and put the numbers together. Yo, speaking of NBA, there was something that I learned today that I did not know. What's that? The, I did not know Moses Malone was top 10 all-time in scoring. 
I thought I told I th- no, I didn't tell you that. I told you that he was the top scoring center in the 80s and nobody gives him credit for it because of Kareem's all-time scoring record. Yeah, it was like somebody cuz um, somebody was doing a video talking about um yeah, asked the asked the random guy if he could list the top 10 scoring leaders of all time. Mm, and the, that's tough. And, and the only person that he missed was um Moses. I don't even know if I could do that. Cuz I think it was uh LeBron, Kareem, um Malone, yeah, Carl Kobe, MJ, uh, Dirk was six. Yeah. Um, Carmelo is, yeah, Carmelo Anthony is on the list. Um, Melo's top 10 all time? Yeah, I think he was number nine. Um, I remember him getting to like 12, but I don't remember him getting past that. That's like, I definitely would have gotten, I, I would have missed Melo. I would have definitely missed Melo. I'm trying to think who else who else was there? Right, I wouldn't um, know Malone. I would have known Moses because um yeah, I would have known Moses. Uh right, I'm about to uh I'm about to is this, it up. is this points per game or total points? I'm assuming it's total. This this was yeah, because it was LeBron. It was LeBron, so yeah, total. I mean, so, LeBron, I think, would be top 10. And Wilt, Wilt, Wilt has to be top 10. Yeah, so it was LeBron, Kareem, Malone, Kobe, Jordan, Dirk, Wilt, Shaq, yeah. Carmelo, and Moses. I would have missed Carmelo. I definitely would have missed Carmelo. I knew everybody else but, but Carmelo. I thought he was yeah. like 11th or 12th. I didn't know he was top. I didn't know he passed Malone. Honestly, Malone. he's not even in the top 10, but I'm actually surprised. Um, Elvin Hayes is 11. Yeah, El- Elvin Hayes. Look, I mean, let me not. I'm going to do a video one day of, or, a, 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 or maybe a basketball episode all basketball episode of a lot of these dudes that were so damn good that need to get more recognition Moses Malone is one one of is always going to be my guy Moses Malone to me to me is a top five center all time to me doesn't mean that I'm right or wrong if you go on the scoring list, he'll be. He's a he's a he's a third highest scoring or he's yeah, a fourth highest scoring fourth. <laughs> but he's top like just just off of him his defensive ability, especially his rebounding ability, and especially he was the best center of an entire decade. That and it doesn't make any sense to me because people are I people who I know who know basketball or who I thought knew basketball say Kareem was the best center in the 80s. It's mind-blowing to me when Mose Malone won multiple MVPs in that time frame. But anyways, I digress. 
um, uh, if all the, if, uh, without doing any real research off the top of my head, off the top of my head, the five best, the five greatest centers of all time is the big three, Moses Malone, Hakeem Olajuwon. Shaq does not make my top five. That's just me personally. Shaq towards, to, Shaq throughout his career was lax, lackadaisical defensively, which is something the other five people ahead of him didn't do so that's why he doesn't make my top five but what i'll do with just off the top of my head though shaq is shaq is around six and shaq might be six because he was so dominant but he wasn't wilt dominant what i mean by that is like wilt wilt was putting up ridiculous like astronomical numbers so it's like yes was he the most dominant center that i've ever seen yes but Shaq wasn't putting up 40 points a game. Like, even if he wasn't like doing 50 points a game like Will did, he wasn't putting up 40 points a game. I think he only eclipsed 30 twice, which is excellent for a center. But he, I think he did it once or twice. And um, I think he led the league in scoring once or twice. But he was, I don't think, I don't think Shaq's ever led the league in rebounding. And I don't think he's ever led the league in block shots. So when you, so with those things, it's like, okay, was he dominant offensively? Yes, but he wasn't dominant in some of the other things where Will Chamberlain was more dominant. And also Will, Cham Will Chamberlain's led the league in scoring, I think seven times, rebounding, I want to say five times, and he led the league in assists. Like it don't get more dominant than that. Like when a dude has stats that I can't break in video games, I can't give, I can't give Shaq that much credit. I've broken all of Shaq's records in video games. I never did it for Will. So, um, so that's off the top of my head. But I'm glad you learned that today. Yeah, because that that threw that threw me for a loop. I was thinking it would probably be like a Tim Duncan. He got that wrong. He said KG. I pr I was pretty sure KG wasn't going to be uh, that high yeah. anyway. K I think KG. Could. One of the things you like, like the safe thing to do is to if you if you're trying to do that is to go with who you know had high averages, and then you you know then you can it's the I know these are total stats. But guys with high averages, and you, if you know they had long careers, then you can kind of guesstimate them. So Carmelo's a guy who had high averages, had a long career. Dirk is a guy who had high averages, long career. Tim Duncan is a guy who had high averages, long career. Kevin Garnett, I think he averaged like 22 a game for his career. So I don't, that's not, a, to me, in my mind, that's not enough to be a top 10 all-time scorer when you consider that Will Chamberlain averaged 30, LeBron averages 27, Kobe averaged like 26, um, Dirk averaged like 25, uh, Jordan averaged 31, or 30.1, I'm sorry. Um, Shaq, I don't know what Shaq averaged, but I wanna say Shaq is around 26. So it's like, everybody, I'm instantly thinking, okay, guys who averaged 25 a game, 24 or better and have long careers is probably going to be somewhere in that top 10. Same thing with rebounds. Guys who average 12, 10 to 12 or 11 to 12 or more is probably all-time leader in rebounds. 
um, total. Uh, so you know those 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 are if I'm trying if somebody were to pull up on ask me any of those things assists will probably be the hardest one. Assists will probably be the hardest one to name. We should we should try that. We should we should try that. Like what, just just start asking like name name the top ten all time passing leaders or something like that, and then we can just yeah. get it right. Yeah, we should do that. Yeah, we should start doing that. Well, close to any Yo, have you ever? Because I was just on um, basketball reference. Have you ever heard anybody ever call Jordan Money, Mr. June, or Captain Marvel? Or Captain Marvel? Never heard. I'm wondering where they're getting that from. I'm wondering if um, maybe local guys might have called him might have been saying like money when he would make shots or yeah. captain mark that that some of those some of those nicknames sound more local than, yeah, uh, than the mainstream I, stuff because we already know air jordan we already know mj we already know his airness um reggie miller called him black cat yeah uh, no that was his college him? nickname oh his college nickname was black cat yeah, yeah. because um would Reggie have ever played him in college, though? For him to even so. know that, because no, but that, that, I mean, uh, he doesn't—he doesn't have to play him to know that. Yeah, because I, I would think East Coast, West Coast, I wouldn't. Yeah, but Michael, know, Michael, Michael Jordan was—you know—he was—he was—he um, was AP National Player of the Year too. Like it wasn't, you know. So he, and he, well, how many years did he play? He played two years or three years in college. Three, three years. Yeah, so he was national player of the year. He was in the running for national player of the year, um, the the year that he didn't win it. So it's not like, and, no, and also, also, and then also, these colleges did travel and play each other too. So I don't know if they, I don't know if they play UCLA per se, but it's not like Michael Jordan was just some local high school kid. It was, he was on one of the best teams in the country. So, but yeah, I know that was a name that they saw called him. I want to say college, and I think it came from streetball. I think that came from streetball. But um, I know, uh, do they have do they have black Jesus up there? Yeah, they do. <laughs> Michael Jordan had the best nicknames. We need to do that too. That was something I was wanted to do, but I was like, I need to put more thought into it. Because somebody was like, hey, uh, somebody has Gilbert Arenas who had the greatest nickname of all time he said magic and i was like and there was a lot of great nicknames but i i see where he was coming from but i was like you know my favorite nickname for nba players around now but um but we, we 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 should do that um in the future as well but let's get to these party shots man what you got for us you you know, I had a parting shot. Um, like I thought about it earlier, but I don't remember it now. Actually, no. My parting shot goes to though that those uh, two um, kids, or not even the two kids that are still in middle school that should have grad that should be graduating high school by now. It's to the school system and the parents of said children do better because there's no viable excuse as to why 
those two young men are that old still in middle school and you accept that shit like there, there there's no excuse for that at all it's like you like where are the it's like where are the parents in this situation like I'm not because I'm not trying to hear you know I gotta work I gotta no I'm not trying to hear none of that you gotta it's like you gotta take some sort of responsibility for them and not keep on telling folks well telling the uh, school system well they let them keep on trying until they actually get it right they haven't gotten it right since they've been there I think it's time for y'all to just tell them to just go go to a GED program or get a job because I don't see where yeah, I don't see where telling them to can dust yourself off and try again is not the the advice that you need to be giving them because they're doing the dusting themselves off part but trying isn't in their trying isn't in their uh wheelhouse right now because there should be or at all because there should be no reason why why they should still be there it's things like this like even when i said the baltimore kid as well um earlier it's things like this that just let you know that the school system is failing these kids and it just seems like it's more important to get pronouns right than to get a kid to move to the next grade and actually do something with the his or herself yeah um my parting shot is uh it's just going back to the conversation we had last week and the conversation we had about you know miss ebony k williams like i'm not telling you to lower your expectations or lower your standards but I need you to discover yourself before setting your standards. Like from here on out, if you're if you're in like your late twenties, late twenties to late thirties, I need you to start. And you're still having dating issues. I need you to start focusing on yourself. Discover yourself. Find out exactly what you need, and then seek out a partner that provides that. And I'm not saying that Miss Ebony Williams hasn't done that. Um, I think she still has some soul searching to do, especially when she tried to double down and then start talking about seeing these students because I know a lot I know a lot of successful people that weren't very good students in school. Um, the most famous person who brags about it the most is Gary Vee. So, um, so I I just really want y'all to start doing some self discovery. And if you don't know where to go to for self discovery, there could be a therapist. Me personally, I, I check out the owner's manual, and the owner's manual. If you if you have your parents, your parents know you. And if you don't have your parents like myself, God knows you. So 
get to the owner's manual or, you know, talk to God, read the Bible, discover yourself, discover what God made you to be and be that. Um, I don't know where we're going to title this podcast, but, um, but yeah, that's it for us, man. Um, we love y'all. Thank y'all for listening. Share the podcast if you liked it. Um, review us as well. If you didn't like it or did like it, send us a review on iTunes. Tell us where we can do better because feedback is a gift. We love y'all. We'll see y'all next week.